0: my name is Todd this is Gavi welcome back to another episode of Zen parenting radio this is podcast number 518 why listen to Zen parenting radio because you'll feel outstanding and who doesn't want to feel outstanding and always remember our motto which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding uh, on today's show uh, you're going to talk about
1: we are going to talk about effortless perfection and I'm so you're going that- to be
0: talking about me then? <laughs> by the way, I'm drinking a smoothie, and they say that sometimes that makes you cough.
1: Actually, last time I did that during the show, I coughed the whole time. Do you remember? And I'm not you-
0: coughing. I just decided.
1: Well, are you are you effortlessly perfect? I'm,
0: effort- I'm effortlessly perfect. Okay. Um, but first, we have a uh, conference come up February 28th and 29th. The early bird is over.
1: <laughs> what he means by the early bird is over is we had early bird prices until last Friday. But... Do not despair because you can still get tickets to the conference. Just go to ZenParentingRadio.com or ZenParentingConference.com. Um, I just found out that there are a few more spaces for my pre-conference workshop, which is good news. I did not think there were. There's more was. spaces
0: for the guys' pre-conference workshop too, sweetie.
1: There are. There's spaces for both. So if you already have a ticket and you thought we had run out, we have more. And if you don't have your ticket yet, you can still get one.
0: And my goal is to get... Uh, try to balance this out closer to a 50-50 ratio, men to women. I know that that's a lofty goal and probably isn't going to happen, but let's do our best to get there because we're going to talk about boys and masculinity and girls and femininity and everything in between.
1: We have this thing that not just Todd and I, but everybody has this thing that sometimes when things are, things can be moving along, meaning changing and growing, but it's hard for us to see how much things have changed, we still get very focused and I want it to be better. I have this thing on my uh, vision board that says, you know, I can't, I can't remember the exact quote, but this is the gist. Like, you know, if you, a year ago, if you could see where you were going to be, you would have been psyched. for sure. And we have had more men come, but I think because this year, We are focusing so much on healthy masculinity. It just makes sense to, if you're going to jump in, this is a year.
0: Sweetie, you know what the ego is good at? Moving the target.
1: Always. And that's a good, that's a more succinct way to say what I said is that, you know, sometimes we'll be like, if, if I could just have this in a year, everything would be great. But guess what? As soon as that year comes, you're like, nope, I need a few more things. Mm -hmm. This isn't enough. Then I'll be happy. Right. Which is very connected to what we're talking about today.
0: Um, Yes. But before you get there. Uh, The Tribe Men's Retreat, we're almost sold out. Uh, We're 71 days away. I thought you were sold out. Why are you selling more? Um, Because we want to give the opportunity for as many guys as we think we can facilitate and create a space to have an amazing weekend.
1: Right. And I get all that. I just thought we were talking about numbers already and that you were all set. We're getting there. We're getting there. All right.
0: Um, and then you and I have to figure out what we're going to do for pop culturing. No plans as of yeah, this I know.
1: moment. I've been gone and we've been, we were at 1440 and then I went away. It's just, we're, we're, uh we're not burning the candle at both ends exactly, but time hasn't been on our side as Rolling Stones would time.
0: say. <laughs> um, one quick take. Yes. And then we're jumping in. Okay. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Sherlock. Won't take a role if the female co-star isn't paid equally. Yes. He says, if she's not paid the same as the men, I'm not doing it. Yes. I can go on, but I'm not going to. Right. That's just awesome. Thank you, Benedict.
1: Right. Drop the mic, right? That's right. And just so you know, there's been a lot of production companies, like I know Michael B. Jordan's production company has that kind of pay parody thing yeah. too, where he not only is the pay the same But he has made the commitment to making sure there's just as many women, you know, working, you know, on the film as behind the scenes. And and this is like a big lofty goal for these these they are the pioneers because there's there are plenty of women and men and women of color and men of color to do this work, but maybe they're not in that mainstream yet with mm. everybody so they have to do the work to make sure that they bring people in yeah. and they do that work for us and so we find this amazing talent and we find these people who haven't been given a shot and instead of sticking within that network, yeah. I, I really think it's fantastic. I appreciate um, you know, I appreciate organizations that are willing to do that i appreciate you sweetie so let's Thanks. jump in what are okay. we talking about so we're going to talk about effortless perfection and i mean just using effortless kind of just to be like um what's the word like uh i'm kind of making fun of it because there's like no such thing it's, it's somewhat of an oxymoron sarcastic sarcastic i'm being i'm being funny
0: yeah it's effortless so funny. perfection
1: right well, I was rereading so Anna Quinlan has these little books that I love. They're like they're pretty old. I am trying to remember when they came out. Um uh like in early 2000, like 2005 one is called Being Perfect and one is called I think the uh I can't remember what the other one's called. But this one Being Perfect um I occasionally just pick it up. It literally takes you 5 minutes to read. Yeah. Um but it says um Nothing important or meaningful or beautiful or interesting or great ever came out of, li- of imitations. What is really hard and really amazing is giving up on being perfect and beginning the work of becoming yourself. Hmm. Um, more difficult because there is no zeitgeist to read, no template to follow, no mask to wear. Terrifying, actually, because it requires you to set aside what your friends expect, what your family and your coworkers demand. What your acquaintances require to set aside the messages this culture sends through its advertising, entertainment, disdain, and disapproval about how you should behave, and then it goes on to say that you set aside tradition and expectation. and And I I've just been writing about this a lot lately. How this really is the um, the goal of, and it's not even it's not a goal. Like as soon as you start, the words start to mess with the understanding. It's that eventually. It could be when you're 40, 60, 20, or 16. You have to get to the work of being yourself, mm. authenticity. You do, and and again, even that word, even though I use that word all the time, but people be like, "Yep, I got to be authentic." What what does that mean? It means that we were just having this conversation. If we don't need to use our daughters for this, we can just use ourselves. But you know, some of your children may have more difficulty in one area, and that is okay. And that's not something you need to. Say it shouldn't be this way, or she should do it this this way because everybody else does, or um you know we may have an expectation that we had either for our kids or ourselves, and it doesn't work out, but that doesn't mean we're failing right it is, and the work of being ourselves is figuring out really what's the most important, the most important important, you know, kind of getting back to that city slickers thing, the one thing. Mm-hmm. And then allowing everything else around it to kind of move. Right. And to not feel as if um, as if you are, you know, I like her language about fitting a template or that, you know, we do, especially for our children, there is such a, you know, starting with getting in the right preschool, there is such a line that we think we're supposed to follow and adhere to. And, and it never ends. No. It never ends. No, it
0: starts when you are in, uh, when you're... I remember Rob Bell talked about this on his launching rockets program. There's parents that sign their kids up for preschool when they're born.
1: Julie Lithcott Hames talked about that yeah. last time we saw her, that as soon as your child is born and she actually didn't, didn't she tell a kind of funny story about how <clears throat> they had just come home from the hospital and she said to her husband, like swing by that preschool because yeah, right. we needed like a birth certificate. Yeah. And you know, that set that setup mm-hmm. is a setup
0: for sure. And what's, seductive if you start down that path when your baby's born then you're unless you make a shift you're probably going to keep doing that type of thing throughout their entire academic career and then into their real life job stuff like you know
1: exactly and they well they don't and that's why i mean like some kids teen some teenagers figured this out some young kids figured this out where they're like no i'm not going to do it this way um some the People that I see the most are women 35 to about 50 who start to figure this out and who start to realize they've been following all the rules, doing all the things they were told, adhering to the template, and they're miserable. Yeah. So eventually you figure this out. Yeah. Um, and it can be kind of a slog until you do. Yeah. And you you base yourself off of external measures. You base yourself off of how everyone else is holding you up and you lose track of what feels right to you. And and again, like I said, um, if you have a child who, you know, like we were just talking about this, like school, you have to go to school in some way, shape or form, right? So that can be what your foundation, foundation is. And then there's all sorts of things around that that can change. But we
0: sometimes treat... Everything else like school. And this is just the example that you are coming. That's a
1: good way to say it. We treat everything else like school.
0: And soccer practice and ballet and debate team and football is not as important as school. Yet we treat it like you cannot miss a football practice because if you do, then your coach is going to and dot, dot, dot. And
1: well, and even the system is set up that way. There's there's I know, like in certain sports, they say if you miss a practice, you get kicked off.
0: Well, our uh, a few of our friends are on the York track team.
1: Cross country. Cross
0: country. And it starts before school starts, which is kind of funny. It starts in like (laughs) early August. And then we, uh, because we spend time with this family, we go away with them over Labor Day and the kids can't spend the entire Labor Day weekend with us because they have to go to cross country because if you miss a certain amount, you're off the team. Right. And you can argue that you can, depending on what lens you're looking at this through, you can say, yeah, of course, you make a commitment, you got to do it. It's priorities. What is the most important thing? Now, if our kids were on cross country, if they're not, but if they hated it or really disliked it, then it wouldn't make what sense. What are you doing? What but are you if doing? they love it, correct, then yes, miss the family vacation. Right. For me and you, it's like, why are we going to miss family vacation? <laughs> but I know there's a lot of parents out there who have varsity athletes who are like, we have to structure our lives around this sport. Right. I understand that. I'm not judging that at all. Um,
1: but are you structuring your lives around that sport because your child wants that, or because you think that's what you do? Here's the thing: is this is what I mean about you have to be able to kind of pull everything apart. It gets all mixed up or gooed together into this ball did of you have to. Just say gooed. Yeah, I'm picturing it like a big wad of gum, and it's all these like things that we make one big wad of gum. Have to, have to, have to. Have everything to, is a have, have to. to. And really, if you start to pull it apart, and again, you may say, yes, my child wants this, then you'd build, like, we have had these discussions a lot. There are certain things that our daughters, not like hugely long-term things, but they've been really into that we, for example, we leave for um, holiday break late because one of our daughters has a performance that she really wants to do. Now, we could say put our foot down and say no. Mm-hmm. We we're going to leave on Friday. We're not waiting till Sunday. But she, this is something that's important to her. So, but you guys are are hearing the word to her. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes as a family we say right. this is what you do. Right. Versus and again, this is where um and it's not just about sports. We're we're kind of going down that track, but it's really about anything. This whole idea that kids have to just even the word have to, have to show up this way and look this way and be this way in every aspect of their lives, it it eventually, maybe not right away, but could lead to a lot of anxiety, mm-hmm. could lead to a lot of depression, of feeling. If you are being forced to do things always, you can understand why a sense of hopelessness comes in.
0: This is all about at what cost. Now, the problem is we don't know what the cost is. We don't know like if you're one of those parents that's like, no, you got to go to school every single day even if you have a low grade fever like i'm just making something right. up then then you could be thinking oh i'm teaching my kids perseverance resilience right. grit all that sure. stuff sure it is possible you sure. might be doing that but you also might be teaching them that they're going to be an- kind of what you just said, anxiety.
1: Right. And this is why I'm like, you have to build a foundation. Like if the most important thing is you got to get to school, then that is going to be where you have to draw the line with. We're going to going to school is something that has to be done by law. Right? right. It's not really a hard reach.
0: But even that, if you think about it, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. Okay. But we've talked about the emotional wellness day. like the-
1: Right. But I'm just talking, I mean, that's a day right. versus I'm talking about the the overall. Right. What do you have to do? I'm just talking about
0: the nuance, even within what we're talking about.
1: So, so, but let's take school, for example. Out of school comes activities, homework, expectations, grades, blah, blah, blah. So going to school is essential. But maybe, you know, how much time you spend in activities after school or – how much time you spend on homework or me checking power school all the time to make sure your grades are up and saying, do you, you didn't turn that in. Where is that are things that we don't have to do. So it's like there is a place where we have to recognize what is the bigger picture? You know, this is like, this is like a common Zen parenting theme. What is it that we want for our kids? Because we can talk about resilience and grit, but when you are trying to, Teach resilience on the backs of something your children cannot stand mm-hmm. what you might be teaching them in the same in instead is I will cave to you i don't have autonomy or I will rebel against you because i don't want to do this right in, you're not teaching them resilience and grit you're teaching them to either give in to themselves or to rebel mm-hmm. so
0: Or take shortcuts or cheat. cheat. There's so many different things.
1: There is. And again, this isn't simple. I don't have a prescription for this. I'm sure people listening are like, well, then tell me when to do it and when not. I don't know. In your situation, it's completely, you know, you have to know your kid. You have to know what you are doing for you because you think that it's what your kid should be doing. You have to be aware of the dreams you're pushing or the external validation you're looking for because your kid is a certain way
0: so kathy and i have been doing this podcast for eight years and we've done over 500 and we're like oh what's zen parenting can you encapsulate it we really can't you
1: um, know i kind of one thing i wrote recently is zen parenting is just self-awareness right i mean really
0: right which is kind of the best predictor yeah. of a child's well-being yeah. but i i have a resource we're we are lucky enough to be interviewing dan siegel this afternoon the interview actually won't be posted until january because he's coming out with a new book Uh, I feel like his foundation is secure attachment. Yes. Okay. And I'm just going to read off the benefits that he says, if you do what this is, if you... Because he has a goal. And what I like about it is he has... Put it this way. We agree with a lot of the principles that Dr. Siegel teaches.
1: Well, and they're neurobiological, by the way. Right. They're not like parenting structure. So it's like
0: when you ask the question, what do you want for your kid? And, you know, I used to be like, oh, I want him to be happy, which is what everybody says. I'm like, oh, I want to because some people are like I want him to be successful. And then recently I'm like, I want them to be whole. I want them to express emotion and have an emotional intelligence. Um, what Dr. Siegel, I think, would say is you want to have a secure attachment with your mm-hmm. kids. And if you do, according to his science... This is what you'll get if you decide to practice this type of parenting. Higher self-esteem, better emotional regulation, greater academic success, coping skills in stressful times, close friendships, self-agency, positive romantic relationships, and trust in life. That's a pretty good thing.
1: And it is. And the thing is, is all that is based on understanding a child's maturity and neurobiological development. Um, this semester in my college class, we used The Whole Brain Child, one of his older books. So there could be an understanding of how our neurons fire, how they connect, what a child needs when they are dysregulated yeah. versus when a child is dysregulated, we feel like that's the time to really yell at them. Yeah. <laughs> and that, it's, the not only, it's totally the opposite. Not only can they not hear you, but you are then hardwiring shame into that dysregulation that doesn't work like one thing that i just posted on team zen the other day is you cannot punish a child into emotionally regulating yeah we will say things like somebody had a really good question and i i'm not going to use her name but about how her child she was having um girl scout meetings and she started a girl scout troop and her daughter was six and and her, and her daughter's an only child and so all these girls were coming to this woman's house and her daughter at six and usually having all of her mom's attention was dysregulated yeah. in that
0: divided between 10 other girls.
1: Correct. Not only was it her house and her mom, but it was something new and she was not, it, well, we would just say simply she wasn't behaving. Yeah. Right. And And she was, you know, the mom was having to stop and, you know, calm her own daughter down when she's trying to run this, this girl scout troop. And Girl Scouts are amazing. This has nothing to do with should you do Scouts or shouldn't you. It's amazing. But maybe this structure is not working for her because you can't punish her or talk her into regulating, mm-hmm. especially in that moment. Because the question is always, what do I do for her or to her in that moment to keep her from doing that? I don't think she asked that question, no, but right. this is what, I'm, what a lot of people say to me. My child falls apart. How do I make them stop falling apart? Yeah. You've got to look at all the pieces that led to it's a puzzle. that. It's a, it's big a puzzle. puzzle. And this is where, let's get back into effortless perfectionist parents. You and I are having to restart and let go and try something new and focus on one child, then support that child, then start again and focus on another child. I mean, it never ends. And I don't mean... Like, oh, they're a pain in the butt. I mean, this is human behavior. This is parenting. Parenting isn't, I'm going to drive you someplace, I'm going to buy you your backpack, and you're going to be fine. Part of parenting is doing what Dan Siegel just, you know, what he says in his books, is helping them integrate their experiences so they can regulate themselves. Yeah. And that takes support. That that doesn't take you know, punishing and yelling and making them feel ashamed. Mm -hmm. It takes a sense of helping them back out and think about or process what's happening.
0: So I want to talk about repair in a second, but first I want to talk about one of our partners. Many associate ear pain with summer activities, but did you know that winter colds and flu contribute to sinus infections? Sinus infections are one of the top 10 causes for ear pain. Did you also know that earaches are one of the primary causes for doctor visits with over 30 million visits per year? Highlands can help. After you've been diagnosed with an earache by a physician, try Highlands Homeopathic Earache Drops or Tablets. Highlands has been trusted for generations to provide safe, homeopathic medicines for all members of the family. Highlands Homeopathic Earache Drops and Tablets provide natural relief to help you get back doing what you love. Visit Highlands.com backslash ear hyphen pain. That's H Y L A N D S. To find a retailer near you, go to Highlands.com backslash ear hyphen pain. Claims are based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted medical evidence, not FDA evaluated. Read and follow label directions. Okay. All right. So, anyways, um, effortless perfection. Yeah. This does not mean – and you know, we're kind of like using that title as sarcastically. Yeah, I, mean, I am. I'm just, but I think a lot of parents are like, I have to be perfect. There's a lot of parents out there that think they need to handle every interaction perfectly with their kids. And one thing – because you had an interesting uh, exchange with one of our kids last week and then you were, went out of town and yeah. you didn't have time Mm-mm. to repair.
1: No, I did but I had to do it through text and phone. Right. I did it.
0: And um, so all I want to – maybe you want to sh- share a little bit about that. But all I want to say is this is not about being perfect. This is – we are going to screw up – it. M- as much, if not more, than our kids do, but when you screw up, how do you repair? Well, and
1: let me let me reframe what you're saying, Todd, because what you are saying is if there is a challenge, that's a screw up, and it's not. But like, there's also
0: times when you simply handle it wrong. There
1: are, and, but I honestly, in that moment, don't think I handled it wrong. I think I didn't have time to come back. Okay, let me give you an example because and let me say I don't mean I don't handle things wrong. I do, right. but I'm talking about this sure. specific. I did have to be very specific about something that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Like, and I had to be a little more um uh firm and not like, oh, is this okay? Is this okay? This has to be done. Mm-hmm. And then I usually have time, then after school, to come back and say, You know, today what we talked about, how, you know, do you feel like that can, or or how can I support you in that or whatever? So you can be firm and then come back around Mm -hmm. if you want to call that, it could be a a type of rupture and repair, but it could also just be, you know, when your kids get frustrated at you because you're laying down, this is what needs to be done. And if I'm gone for two days, then I feel like it's this open situation that has not been brought full circle. Yeah. So I ended up texting her and calling her and saying um you know hope this makes sense you know if you need help with this let me know it, not I didn't pull back what I said I just wanted to again what's most important mm-hmm relationship yeah and I am not going to be passive aggressive with you and be like well now I won and you better listen to me I'm also not going to be permissive where I say oh I'm sorry about what I said this morning I'm actually not sorry mm-hmm. like I it, but it wasn't I didn't get an opportunity to do what I wanted to do sure do you know what I mean I do and to your point sometimes because we aren't in a great place we just don't handle it well tone wise
0: and then some parents think well yeah I screwed that up but that was two months ago and it's too late. Yeah. Is it?
1: It's, it's never, I mean, the, two years ago is never too late. Meaning, you know, if something needs to be addressed, if you're constantly thinking about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's always my indicator, not just with my kids, but with you or with someone. But there's
0: also some people that are um, unconscious and they don't. True think about it like true. you can't just give yourself a pass all the time like oh well, i'm not thinking about it so it means i'm okay
1: true i actually you're right what i'm saying right now is how it affects me you, right how does it affect somebody else um is it that they keep using it as an example maybe maybe it's that their kids keep bringing it up mm-hmm. so that in itself
0: like the cookie monster costume
1: correct why you be cookie monster i
0: was a cookie monster when are was she two or uh-huh, three two.
1: She was turning three.
0: I wore a Cookie Monster costume and we thought it was a great idea. And it turns out it freaked her out. And she kept bringing it up for a year until finally my sweetie had this great idea of apologizing. (laughs) And then our three-year-old never said it again.
1: But she would, uh, I I feel like we've told the story a lot, but it's still so cute because we just found a video of her coming up to the camera and going, why you be Cookie Monster? (laughs) And it was so, it just was like, I was like, God, Todd, do you remember for a year? And she wouldn't cry when she said it. Sometimes she'd even be a smart aleck, like, why you be Cookie Monster? Yeah. But her, the point was she was telling us, I haven't resolved to this. Yes. And, you know, let's talk about Dan Siegel again. And, and I'm going to use something from The Whole Brain Child, not from his new book. Mm-hmm but he talked about at the beginning of the whole brain child how there's a kid in the in the car and he's with his nanny or his babysitter and the babysitter gets into a car accident mm-hmm. and uh, everybody's okay but you know ambulance had to come sirens were there all that kind of thing and when the mom showed up the little boy was like I can't remember what the babysitter's name was but he was saying her name and he was saying woo 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 mm-hmm. like the sirens yeah. and everything we may want to just say to him our our simple parent response is and she's fine. She's fine. See, she's fine. She's fine. But what he needs is to talk through that whole thing. Yeah, that was scary, wasn't it? When those sirens came, you didn't know what was going on, did you? It felt it felt weird or it felt different. He needs for his brain to make all of those connections and in, you know for his brain to integrate everything that happened. He needs to process through it, and that is exactly what uh, you know. Jc and he needed to do with Cookie Monster is. We chose for your dad to be Cookie Monster. You did not. We thought it would be funny, but it wasn't to you. We, you know, took it too far. And yes, maybe some of your friends liked it, but that doesn't matter because it was your party. And then when she could like bring that whole story full circle, Mm -hmm. it was over.
0: Yeah. So basically you're just creating the space for um, an emotional expression or resolution. Yeah. Like an
1: emotional, like I can put all the pieces in place. mm -hmm. Um, and it's not about blame. Like, well, it was all my fault. See, even that tone, that's not integration. They're, they're going to feel guilty. There's a shame in, well, it's all my fault. It's a really having.
0: So the repair is nuanced as well. It is. Because if you are self-deprecating, right. That's not good, but you also need to own it.
1: Because when we're self-deprecating, what are we doing? We're looking for someone to make us feel Feel better better, about it. So then our kid is put in the place of saying, no, no, you're good.
0: While at the same time, we have to own the fact that we are the ones who did the Cookie Monster costume, (laughs) you know, so that like even like, oh, then you just repair. Well, even the repair is nuanced.
1: Right. And and here's another thing. Like, let's go into the Cookie Monster thing because it's so old. You spent a lot of money on that. I drove to Chicago to get that thing. Our intention was good but really if i'm like to take now that i'm so far away from it because it was like 12 years ago we wanted to do that of course we
0: did we we wanted wanted were new to parents and we yes. wanted to be
1: we wanted to be funny yeah and so we could sit here and say we did this for you we you know we know you love cookie Monster because that's what we kept saying to her at a party you love cookie monster mm. like yeah,
0: convincing her hey this isn't how you feel so this is how you feel
1: let's bring that into their lives today um you know, I think I want to not take AP physics. I just want to take regular physics. You love physics. Mm-hmm. Why would you not want to do that? You love physics. You got
0: to push yourself. Push if yourself. You want to get into that
1: good college. You got to push yourself. And they're saying, "I think I don't want to do that." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and then some kids go the other way. They put I actually one of the articles that I found and talking about effortless perfection. Is this came out at the end of September, actually on Skyler's birthday, September 26th. And it says students in high achieving schools are now named an at-risk group.
0: So help me out with that. Okay. I think Duffy posted that too. Oh,
1: he did? Maybe that's where I saw it the first time. Um, So it says, uh, and I'm just gonna read a little, I'm not gonna read the article, but it just says communities touting the best ranked schools are often the most in demand among families, but this competitive environment can come at a psychological cost to those attending them. Research has found that students in high-achieving schools, public and private, with high standardized test scores, ex, you know, et cetera, et cetera, are experiencing higher rates of behavioral and mental health problems mm. compared to the mm. national norms. Yeah. So this is very similar to what we've talked about with um, the colleges that have high suicide rates, are, yeah. what did we just look up? MIT. MIT is the highest in 2018, and Harvard was second. Mm-hmm.
0: So if I would have said... Do you want your kid to go to either the first or the second most highly sought after school? Um, you'd be like, yes. But if instead I ask you a question, do you want your kid to go to the school that has the highest suicide rate? You'd be like, right. no, no, I don't want that one. Right. So even that is kind of a contradiction.
1: Right. And and it doesn't make MIT inherently bad. No, of bad. not. It's it's yeah. It's just indicative. It tells you a story. Mm-hmm. That's all. It you it's not. we again, uh, as we always say, let's not get in the dichotomy of good or bad it's looking at the story that's being told kids are getting pushed into a place told to be perfect told about that the test scores are most important like uh, Jace just told me a story last night about a kid that she knows who got a 33 on their test Mm -hmm. and he's taking it again and I was like why she goes for the 34 Mm -hmm. it was that simple and I'm like what are we doing and again if that kid, there are some. What do you kids mean for the
0: thirty-four? You mean she like, just
1: wants a high, he. The, it,
0: he just wants, he wants a higher the thirty-four.
1: Grade. Like, but
0: what if he gets like a seventy? Like, we don't know if he's going to get one percent. percentage. Well, it
1: only goes to thirty-five, sweetie. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. He, oh, I thought you I'm meant thirty-three percent.
1: Oh, no, no, no. It okay. is. I think That's the highest for the SAT is 35.
0: Oh, got it. Sorry. I missed, yeah. I thought it was just some random test.
1: Yeah. You may want to look it up to make sure I'm right. Fact Yeah, 36 me. is perfect. 36 is perfect. And so, but just that statement of the 34, like what, what, why? Like to me, I'm like rubbing my head going a 33 is going to get you Pretty far, in But a 34
0: life. might get you a full ride versus 33 might only give you 75%.
1: And maybe it. that's true. Maybe there are pieces that I don't know. And I will take responsibility that maybe this kid is motivated. I talk to parents all the time who say, I don't put any pressure on my kid and they just, this is their personality mm-hmm. at the same time, which is fine. Like that. I don't have a judgment of a kid who wants to get a 34 is, you know, hurting sure. himself or hurting sure. herself. That's not true. But If we as parents think to ourselves, yes, you have to keep going, go for the perfection. Why not go for not having to study or having a tutor for a while and relaxing?
0: Well, yeah. And uh, our example of that is uh, one of our kids is good at math, not great. And she could have gotten into honors math. And what was great is we talked to the teacher about it. We're at the parent-teacher conference. And we're like, what do you think? And he's like... She could probably do it, but does she want to do it? Because sometimes it's nice to-
1: Have a class where you don't have to Have a to class do that. where
0: you don't have to try super, super hard. So mean, so basically she's doing well in the normal track yeah, and she's able to exert more energy towards some other part of that her are life. That more
1: difficult. Yeah. And that she actually likes more and has more interest in. And here's the thing is, can you take the psychological and emotional- aspects of your child's life into consideration into the pieces of the puzzle because right now we look at the puzzle and all we say is what do colleges want what will get them this whatever it may be this grade point or this honor and we forget about the emotional and the psychological we don't put that in as piece of the puzzle like maybe a kid deciding not to do ap or not honors is an emotional yeah component. Well,
0: that's the thing. Like there's a cost to everything. Everything, right. And there, you know, there's a cost because my kid is not doing honors geometry or whatever it is, then she's probably not going to get into honors trigonometry or whatever. Okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Right. So you have to kind of evaluate the right. pros, cons, the costs, the benefits and all that
1: right and take and it's not for you you know as parents i keep saying you need to you need with them Mm -hmm. like this is a conversation with them yeah this is not for you to decide completely and let them lead but do you have are you carrying that yeah you can do that if you want to And they actually know energetically that you want them to keep overachieving because you can say all the right words, but your kids do not hear your words. They match your energy. They feel your energy. And if you honestly are like, I really want them to keep overachieving, but I'm just going to say what maybe sounds good. Mm. They're not they're not hearing you They're, It's not real. Um, Just a few other things. Um, so we can, because uh, I, I know we're finishing up here, um, uh, other things that can come from trying to teach effortless, effortless perfection besides depression, anxiety, um, lack of EQ, because you don't have an understanding of what you need. You don't have empathy towards yourself, you know, self-compassion. And so if you don't understand that for yourself, it's difficult to give. Um, oftentimes, people who are high achieving and live with that perfectionism have imposter syndrome. Yeah. You know, and we all have a little of that. You know, there's a human component. We all have imposter syndrome um, and imposter syndrome just means that we always think we're like fooling people that yeah. really we aren't good enough. And we don't deserve
0: fooled. to be in that room. Literally. Correct.
1: That if someone really knew us, that we shouldn't be I there. Str- I struggle with that. I think we all do a little bit because I don't think there's a place. Uh, there are many rooms now where I'm like, OK, I'm comfortable here. But when you're doing something new mm-hmm. or you're among people that maybe you really respect, of course, there's yeah. imposter syndrome. Um the whole idea that you know the whole idea of the self esteem movement is about competition being better than other everybody else our children end up going to high school and college and if everything is about being number 1 or being the top their whole lives are lived in a state of competition sure you know not then-
0: collaboration
1: Exactly. Rosalind, when she was on the show last week, Rosalind Wiseman was saying, you know, a lot of girls maybe in high school who have a certain way of being where they're number one, they'll try to duplicate that in Mm -hmm. college. And then when they go out and maybe they become parents or they get into the work world, they keep trying that pattern of I'm going to show you, you know, who I am. And she's like, and then they end up living an Instagram life because there really is no way to... You, if you don't have the humility, yeah. or if you don't have the ability to say it's okay that I'm not number one at this, I'm still doing really well, then you're going to try and demonstrate outwardly to the world, and then just you know, b- going back to what what Ann, Anna Quinlan said, you know, at the beginning, like let's get to the work. I wanted to find the the quote again. She says, "What is really hard and really amazing." Is giving up on being perfect and beginning the work of becoming yourself. Mm. Whatever that means. That's right. Someone who needs to sleep more. Someone who needs to not be doing things constantly, which is what I figured out for myself. Someone who does need to do something that's out of the norm of their family. Maybe, you know, do something that was unexpected, but you know is who you are. Yeah. So, you know, you, you know. know.
0: Um Two things. Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. He's our partner. Has been for the last oh nine years or so. um Avidco.net. His phone number is six three zero nine five six eighteen hundred. He's a bald-headed beauty. And tell uh, him when you call him that uh, Todd and Kathy sent you. You, t- you said he's a bald-headed beauty twice. He is a bald-headed beauty twice. um And then Team Zen. Next Zen Talk is on eleven fifteen, which is a week from this Friday. Um, we have 67 different podcasts to choose from, private podcasts, discount off of conference tif- tickets, community Facebook page, behind the scenes, authors that come on and chat with you guys. Yeah, very- we have
1: the Grown and Flown authors this month, I think next week. Yeah. So um, if you have read Grown and Flown or you are connected to their Facebook page, they're coming on our show next week, but you have to be on Team Zen. They're not coming on Zen Parenting Radio. They're coming on Team Zen.
0: So we would love to see you join Team Zen and just to support us if you, if nothing else. So- Um, With that, I'm going to play my outro music.
1: That's lovely, Todd.
0: Thank you. Todd,
1: don't be perfect today, okay?
0: No problem. (laughs) It's already taken care of, sweetie. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Adios.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a five-star review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Also subscribe and review our pop culturing podcast, a Gen X viewpoint on movies and TV with an emphasis on personal growth and self-awareness. It's basically the flip side of Zen Parenting Radio. Do you want more Zen parenting? Check out our third podcast, otherwise known as Team Zen. One of our team members described it as an advice column meets group help meets like-minded community. With your $25 subscription, you get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions, plus a Facebook community where you can interact or just listen to like-minded parents. If you can't join us live, you can still access all the Zen talks through the Team Zen podcast app.
0: Zen Parenting Conference 2020 is February 28th and 29th. We'll be discussing sex ed, gender, anxiety, neurodiversity, and healthy relationships. Go to ZenParentingConference.com to get your tickets.
1: Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to ZenParentingRadio.com and submit a speaker request. And while you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books.
0: If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And guys, I have a one on one coaching practice. It's called Coaching for Guys. You want to achieve a better work life balance or deepen your relationships with loved ones? We can talk in person, phone, FaceTime, you choose. And don't forget about Tribe Men's Group. We have a virtual community from men all over the world. Head on over to the tribemen'sgroup.org or shoot me an email at Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald head of beauty, and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidcode.net or give him a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support, and keep on trucking.